You're listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Sean Vance. I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today I'm joined by Robert, Amelie, Wojciech and Anne to discuss Are we collecting or generating too much data for our business needs? Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some quick introductions. Robert, do you want to start us off? Yes, let me start. Yeah, nice to meet you all. Uh, Yeah, thanks for for including me. Uh, So our team uh, work uh, are responsible for the data collection and activation of data at TV2 Denmark. So that is commercial public service. I think in some parameters, the the largest like media uh, organization or cooperation in Denmark. So a lot of data points, a lot of dimensions, a lot of really, really interesting data. Also, maybe <laughs> not, not spoiler alert, too much uh, data. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, super, super uh, interesting uh, position and team uh, we are in. Uh, as a yeah, a little amuse bouche, uh, I have a summer house at, uh, or we have a summer house in Sam's or Sam's Island, that I try to do some really bad handiwork on. So let's see if it still hold up next year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, Emily. Hi guys, um, really nice to meet you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I currently work as a VP of People Operations for a Danish company called Zero North. We are a tech company leading the green transition of global trade. Um, I've been here about a month and a half, um, but I've spent the past 10 years in the tech industry working in sort of the people operations space. And essentially, that entails kind of overseeing all the people systems, um, the data and analytics, making sure that the people slash HR function is data driven. Um, We work on processes and then rewards. So a little bit of everything, but um, super exciting nevertheless. And um, I guess a little fun fact for me is that um, I spent my formative teenage years in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I made it out as a rebellious young Scandinavian. That was a bit of a culture <laughs> shock. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Looking forward to some exciting conversations. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Wojciech? Hello, sweet world. So um, Wojciech here. Um, today I'm representing Quantum Copenhagen, which is a consultancy, but just uh, I just started last week. So it's also... Aller Media uh, Denmark memories that I'll be kind of coming up uh, with in terms of the comments and and the experiences that I have here. Um, I've been in that role for for three years, previously a consultant together with Robert, actually at IH Nordic, so that's where we know each other from. Um, Yeah, and in Quantum, my role is uh, about activating the data for the customers of Quantum. The customers are mostly e-commerce, and this is where we would like to place us on the Danish, Scandinavian, also German e-commerce scene as the ultimate partner for e-commerce management. And data plays a huge role. This is the fuel that uh, powers the engine of that e-commerce. So this is where where I am. Uh, freshly started, as said, uh, in this role uh, last week, right? So this is, you know, what, what what's going on right now. It's it, it's just happening. But but yeah, I'm excited and happy to be here with this group. And, you know, I hope it's, it's going to be a really good discussion. Okay, great. And finally, Anne? Yeah, so my name is Anne and I sit with the S360 today. So we come from performance marketing, so very much in the digital marketing space. Um, But moving into marketing is also becoming data and tech more and more. Uh, So I sit with our data intelligence team. We have a team of 10 people. And what we do is often looking beneath the marketing performance and actually taking that together with the business data to see, okay, what is actually the truth, uh, truthful drivers behind our marketing performance? Uh, So I think that's that's the space that we operate in. Um, I have been with the company for a year and used to work uh, at Egmont. So I actually know, uh, of course, uh, Robert and Wojciech, your uh, businesses as well. So have been working a lot with the Egmont's e-commerce portfolio. So very much come from the business side, 
but uh, tech is where the f- and data is where the the fun is happening. So I'm I'm squeezing my way in. Uh, also having a background as an economist, uh, that's where my heart lies. So um, trying to get closer to that. Uh, so I think that no, was the. I just wanted to say that's where the money is, right? <laughs> <laughs> I also think okay. it's fun. I think it's a <laughs> lot of fun actually uh, taking insights out of data, not just having a data warehouse that sits, uh, but actually yeah. how can we create value from it. So I think it's an extremely interesting space. Um, so happy to be here and a really exciting topic uh, to discuss. Okay, great. Thank you all. So now that we have established a context to everyone, let's move on to our topic in focus. So you all have questions or statements to discuss around, are we collecting or generating too much data for our business needs? As usual, I'll work around the room with each of these questions and allow you to elaborate or give some context to your chosen topics. Each of you will then have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. Okay, so Anne, we'll come to you first as you've asked, what should be the starting point for data collection? Do you want to elaborate a little bit for us? Yeah, uh, so I think um, I think that's the first important question to ask oneself is where do we actually start? Because there is a ton of data out there. Uh, and I think it is a balance in seeing what do we have available to us. But I think it really starts with the business question. Also, since I come from the business side. So what is actually the use case we have in mind? What is the critical business question we would like to ask ourselves before at all considering what data do we have available to us? but actually really starting there. So I think that's at least what I, and also in S360, what we believe is important is more than maybe figuring out, okay, um, what is really critical to know? And then afterwards seeing, okay, what kind of data do we have that we can maybe use to answer that uh, business case, uh, business question? Maybe we can make do with two uh, sources of data and that will actually be sufficient. And then we start there and then it's more iterative in, okay, how do we then build data? Because we cannot foresee where we then will head. So designing everything from the starting point is extremely difficult. Um, so I think that was at least my way in is that I think starting with the business critical questions, even before we at all look at what data is available, it ha- is how we would approach it. Um, but we often fall in the trap of starting the other way around. So I'm not saying that we are any better uh, than, uh, okay, but what do we then have available? And then it starts there instead. But but I think that's at least what's important uh, as I see the world. Um, I don't know if I, you are all nodding. I don't know in the yeah. podcast, of course, how, you can how see can you, how but, can uh, I disagree uh, with this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. This One, is like the eternal dilemma, right? It's like yeah. you want to understand the status quo in order to determine what actually needs to be done and like what are the initiatives you need to make. However, it's difficult when you don't necessarily know what you're trying to solve for. So then you need to collect data, but you don't really have a why in the beginning. Yeah, and that's exactly uh, uh, also my experience that sometimes uh, stakeholders uh, can't or maybe are not qualified uh, to, to know what and uh, two questions uh, to ask. There's also this sexy term called like instead of key business, uh, in indexes and key business questions, but but I have and I will not name anything. But maybe sometimes it can be on the higher management level that it can be difficult to verse these questions. Kind of like what you know, yeah, what 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 because they maybe are not uh, data literate. You know, so data literacy is is super important. Like to know what to ask and also before. I think the key uh, to 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 sort of even to start to come up with how to make a strategy, and um, and like a, historically, what's been happening is that the data in the organization was going from the engineers, from the people who handle systems towards the business. And then the business was sort of having access to everything, but not really using. And then the blame was put on this uh, gap of communication. And, you know, that there is people who lack to understand what, what is actually in those systems and how to uh, uh, how to have benefit from there. And today we're starting from the business. So business in, in today's world is 
required to understand what's going on in the tech to the level where they can say, what makes my job easier from the business perspective? How can I see that I'm performing well? How do I see that uh, there are some areas where I should improve and have an insight how to improve? So this is where we have shifted a bit. And I think this is where, you know, all those tech giants started to pop in and say, how does your day look like as a marketeer or as a, you know, manager of each area? What do you do every morning? You open a dashboard where you see five, six, seven metrics that tell you the story of what's happening. You don't see an extensive report with thousands of rows and, you know, another thousand of, uh, of, of columns telling you what's going on in the sort of like engine room uh, level. But you see what's going on in, in, in like more simple terms, but that allows you to then identify where there are some issues and then communicate that to somebody who can help you. So I think we have really moved on from there mindset wise. But then in my uh, opinion, it is still hard to go with non-techie stakeholders and try to walk them through what's possible. And it's not even about what what's possible overall because that can be a never ending conversation, but it's more about what is possible that can make your job easier, that can shed you some light on the areas that you have not yet seen. And this is where the conversation gets interesting because we get feedback, we get in, we get insights, we get uh, input from the people and their perspective, how their daily life uh, looks like. And that was, uh, I'm actually super glad, Robert, you've used term uh, data literacy because that's back in Aller Media. That was one of our uh, key programs uh, running around the house, how to make our editor staff or editorial staff uh, basically aware of what's going on in all levels of their editorial uh, performance. So that was both a post on social media leading to articles then some engagement of, of those articles, but not in those three, four platforms, but everything boiled down into uh, one quite simple, usually one pager dashboard with not more than, I don't know, six charts, right? So that tells you the whole story. And this is where we are, um, I think, like touching on, on Anna's point, when we as an industry are starting to become more aware how to get there and how to ask those questions, which then have usually super simple solutions. But, you know, we tend to overwhelm ourselves. And because historically it was coming from engineering level. So engineer would give you an access to whatever SQL database and then go uh, fish for whatever, you know, you might find, uh, which was not necessarily answering those business important questions coming from the other side. But, but I think um, maybe it's also we are down in the granularity now in our each of our spe special specializations, right? That could be marketing, that could be HR, that could be uh, web or digital data. I, I don't remember who's told me like, but most business owners are on the C level kind of like have four KPIs, right? There's top and bottom line and there's uh, customer and maybe employee satisfaction. And I think those four, it will be a, a bad run business if, if those can't be answered. And then, you know, you use KPIs or you use objective and key uh, results uh, and so on. And then it needs to translate down into the, the different business area or departments and so on. And then it begins to be on a granular level where sometimes I feel that, yeah, that data literacy or that you need to also help when you are a data provider in terms of, okay, maybe uh, you can use this data to qualify some of these questions. But but I think the the beautiful thing is when it all like flows flows together like a house or a strategy house where you know the ochres and the KPIs fits down into like what you are doing in the day-to-day -day life. Uh, but it's a hard it's a hard process and it's an ever evolving process. It's an organic it's one. Good word that you're saying it's a process because I don't think the hardest part is to identify the the metrics. The hardest part is to start to build up maturity that will allow them to ask more questions. Questions and more questions will lead to more granular level reports or you know access to more granular data that will be spread across the house. So it is a process and it has to be you know started somewhere. So I'm guessing the hard part is starting and having like the drive to 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 follow through to the next stage, knowing what the next stage is. 
Mm. I think also there is a gap between, okay, so management or business comes in with the business inside. What questions is it we want to answer? That's one competence. Then you have the whole data engineering. How do we set up the data? How do we design the dashboards? That's another competence. You need them both. And you can be quite... um, focused on getting all this data you have out there, right? So you build a ton of different dashboards because you want to show, okay, what is it actually we are able to do? But then the overall meaning and the key business question gets lost, uh, right? So really finding that balance in um, what is it really critical, but also, okay, where do we then drill down and where is it that we need to go into the details? Where do we enable that? And where is that we keep it on a high level? Uh, I think that's the balance that is difficult to strike. Where's yeah. the hurt? Where's the pain? And now yeah. you you have an experience in performance managing, uh, sorry, marketing, performance yeah. marketing. Uh, well, probably maybe also performance managing. But you know, when I say uh, words like attribution or marketing mixed modeling, oof, ow, that's that's something yeah. that can hurt because everybody yeah. knows or have a methodology to kind of like to give you the silver bullet. Uh, but in my experience, and also today, we will see we see so much data and dollars kronos being like just you know thrown at these problems because it is something that is super super difficult to both answer and also to like uh, yeah what is the right question there in in like yeah 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 i agree i i've experienced that same thing um in the hr space where it seems that we we become a little blindsided just by how sexy it is to be data driven so then we collect more and more and as much as possible and then suddenly we're in like a state of analysis paralysis where we don't really like we just don't really know what to do with it or or what sense to make out of all the data that we've been collecting um yeah so desperately I love that word. Analysis paralysis. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's spot on. Yeah. I find myself in that situation sometimes. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Then no. Just coming back to like the why, what is it exactly that we were trying to solve for here? Because I feel like I forgot along the way. Yeah. It's also because when you're sitting with the data, oh, I can slice it in this way and I can slice in this way and I can show this graph, but then I add this and then it becomes even more interesting and you forget the user a bit uh, along the way. Yeah, that's the thing. I I could answer, I could could stake uh, a question uh, to my team and I will get uh, probably 10 different results back. Uh, Maybe eight of them would be correct in so to speak maybe all would be to, uh, correct because you have a lot of data points that you could learn you know um you know if you torture the data enough it will give you the answer that that you need but you're talking about your team which is let's say yeah. which not is my like team especially that was a imaginary yeah, but, team <laughs> yeah but what i'm where i'm trying to get this is where you as you said like a ceo uh, needs to know three things and i've seen situations where ceo goes down to sales and asks how much did we sell last month and has three different answers. And all of them are correct, but taken into account different factors. But yep. then what's the, you know, what's the truth truth? So like, uh, this is where it sometimes gets uh, complicated because be- there are lots of stakeholders. They have lots of systems. They have lots of ways of looking into that. Probably they had lots of engineers or consultants who got this information to them. Uh, so they're not wrong. And they're driving their area of business in a certain way. But because those aren't necessarily comparable one-to-one, then there comes a, comes a confusion. And the CEO just needs one number you know i always compare it to to the car and cars nowadays is like especially uh you are looking at maybe three four different markers right so the speed fuel uh maybe rpms if you're really into that uh you know stuff like that temperature but then there goes an icon and tells you something's wrong somewhere where you not necessarily need to monitor and says oh the coolant is off right it's not like you're gonna look at coolant every day but what's happening is that now you have a warning. So this is sometimes where we um, where we get lost as data people in general, because where we tend to go is like, well, let's show everything to everyone, all possible single control and how do they perform. But then uh, the marketeer or a business uh, or a HR person on the other end just gets lost in it, right? Because they are not able to navigate 150,000 metrics, right? So this is like where we have this huge clash. Yeah, but I think this also comes back to just having clearly defined KPIs. If we all agree on exactly what needs to be measured, like for instance, engagement, is it that we want to reach a certain score or do we want to compare it to the benchmark or what is it exactly that we're 
hoping yeah. to achieve, then hopefully yeah. that will make it a little bit easier to provide the, the right metrics. But there also has to be a rail guard, right? Because that's something that we see now that some of the KPI, some of the data, especially communicated to management or to the board needs to be, don't touch this. You know, so there's a dichotomy, a fancy word for contrast between uh, data like reporting and this, you know, it's a single source of truth and, you know, that's it. It's between a lock, uh, only a few people have the key. And then this uh, on the on the other side of the scale with data democratization or like experimentation and, you know, go and find, you know, the, the golden nuggets in, in the data. And there's a, a super contrast uh, between those two uh, uh, scales. Next, we've got Robert, uh, the inspiration behind today's topic. This is obviously something that you feel very strongly about, uh, and it seems like you could be causing a little bit of a debate with this one. So you've said there's two ways of collecting data. So one is to track everything and then apply business questions and logic, or two, apply business questions and logic and only track those events and dimensions. So we'll come to you last, Robert, with your opinion. Um, but Amelie, what's your opinion? When I first read it, I definitely thought that, okay, I think it's important you apply your business question first, figure out what is it that you want to achieve and what you want to measure, and then that's what you track. But actually, I think sort of rereading that the way that Robert, you phrased um, the first question, which is to track everything and then apply business questions and logic. I actually think that, that that's what I would go with because so long as you're still clear on what you're trying to measure and what you want to achieve, I'd rather have a little too much data so that I can um, try like slice and dice different things. Um, it all comes back to the why, really, and 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 just you know remembering sort of that like northern star, what where you're trying to go. Then I'd rather have too much data at hand. Um, so essentially, that's um, yeah. After having reflected upon it, that's definitely what I would prefer. Okay, Wojciech, what do you think? Yes, I think those are two different worlds, and some are applicable to to different you know conditions, right? So, the first one where we have everything, and then we try to find out what is important for us. I think it's applicable for most businesses out there. This is what we usually see, right? Both as a consultant, where you go, or when you like join a brand. They have tons of systems, tons of data, tons of, you know, different integrations between them. And then down the line, basing on what's the strategy or, or what's going on, they try to find out which of those are useful and then how to maybe start to apply some rules, some calculations, something that makes sense to them. The other one is more like, okay, when you Spotify and you're just starting your business, what is important to you today, right? How are we going to see that we are succeeding? And then based on outlining this area, you try to identify what's going to become of relevance down the line. And here, I think there is some risk. Uh, one risk, on, I mean, there are risks in both, but in, in this, in the second approach, the risk is when you are trying to find out what is it that you want to do, you might be missing out on something that's already happening somewhere. Uh, of course, this is, you know, applicable to different conditions and different environments. And so as said, it's probably, you know, not, nothing that uh, like any listener right now shouldn't go say, hey, boss, like, you know, let's scrap all those systems because what we need to do, we need to ask ourselves the questions first. I think that's risky. Uh, you have all those systems, probably like if you're in the in the majority of the businesses I, I think you're in, you have all those systems. So it's easier to start to uh, ask the same questions from, from that end because what it will end up is you're, you're doing the same day-to-day -day just of more relevance and you don't need to figure out, oh, do we have a system that will have a function that I have missed somewhere, you know? So I'm just thinking this there, there are two different worlds. But of course we see... Uh, People trying to now, even though they are in the group one, trying to do the group two. So let's scrap a old and outdated system. Like in my previous job, there was a conversation about the subscription system. Let's try to scrap it because it's from the 90s or, or you know, early thousands has no relevance in the today's world. There are things that we can do based on other resources that will give a similar or better input to, to the organization, right? So those are, you know, still the questions that the business needs to answer at some point and just then apply the rules that are more relevant to them. But I would still say majority will go for the option one. Okay. And Anne, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm 
I think I would go with option two. <laughs> so I do think that actually we have a fear of missing out. We might, if we don't collect this data, we, we, we lose it for good and we haven't started tracking it at the, and now we, we lose some important insights. Data is not relevant before you look at it, before you use it, before you put it into play, before you activate it, before you pull insights out of it. So I would much rather work with a client where we have two data sources. It might just be our orders and our cost of goods sold so we can actually start looking at profit uh, in a good way and securing that data quality, understanding our profitability in a very good way. Then I would add a ton of other measures. So. I think I would always start with the business question. So where do our profitability comes from? If that was the question here. And I would use those two data points and I would get that right more than I would have a lot of ton of data lying around. Um, yeah, then we might miss out on some data. We might not have as much history as we would like to. But then if we don't use it anyway and just sits in our data warehouse, it doesn't bring us any value. It's more our fear of... <gasps> And of course, because yeah. we're data people, we don't like missing out of data. We're like, okay, but it's better just to have it and then let's see see how it goes. Um, yeah, so mm -hmm. I would go with the second. I'm just thinking that the risk here, right, could be more on a, we don't even know what's important here, right? So we're just, we're, we just think something is important, but because we can't, we don't have enough to, you know, put into one table and see how it's going, then we don't know might or might miss out not even that we don't have the data from the data perspective but from the business perspective we might not know where to go what's the decision you know so that's the i think risk that people or organizations who are at this stage that they're asking themselves get a off the shelf system that will track 100 metrics uh, you know by default or start to think about exactly like you said what are the two most important for us today i think they have to just be familiar with the risk and then they say like you know that this is the what we're facing and there are two ways to go either we will have something in the house for potentially 20 years that we'll never look at, you know, or we will miss on what is the next step for us. You know, where, where should we go? Where is the market? Where are the products? Where, where's all this stuff, right? What's I think it's, I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just important that collecting data also comes with a cost. Of course, there's a risk if we don't do it, but we also spend a lot of time on collecting that data, stitching and transforming that data, cleaning the data, looking at the data quality. So there is a lot of time and effort also in just having data available. So I think it's just important don't to miss out on, on that part. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. I think my my concern with with number two, which is to apply the business question logic and then only track those things, is that I become a little bit too impatient. Say we want to track attrition, which is something where you want to look back like 12 to 36 months, for instance, and that's like employee turnover, I mean. And then one day we're asked to look at actually which ones of those are regretted losses. Oh, we have no idea. We've never tracked that, but then uh, give me another 12 months and I can tell you. So then, you know, it's just, um, it takes too long if we haven't thought ahead. Yeah. And that would be kind of my risk with, with not tracking. Yeah. I think yeah. also, uh, I think a project's uh, comment is, is also right. Maybe we don't know the, the right business questions yet, uh, right? So, yeah. so, of course, that is a continuous development. Uh, and, I, and I think that was the, it, it's, it's stated as a little bit like a devil's advocate, you know, this question, because I, I absolutely don't have the right answer. But I can see that there's been this um this history, then, you know, you want to be like in, in digital data, that is, you want to be like Google, you want to be like f uh, Facebook, you know, that that found out the behavioral data surplus. They did, you know, their search engine, then they found out, oh, they have so much other data that they then could apply to other products, you know, introducing, you know, their ad platform and personalization. And then, you know, you know how it went with the stock prices the last 20 years. So and then I think managers and, and entrepreneurs and so on was like, oh, yeah, wow. OK, there's uh, some really good business in, in this. If you can, you know, hire a, a handful of data scientists and then, you know, here's a lot of, of messy data. Go find the, the gold nugget and let's become a new uh, Google or, or Facebook or, or so on. 
Um, so, so I think there has been this, yeah, data FOMO. I love this, that term, you know, fear missing out. Or maybe we have the the gold, you know, somewhere the needle in the haystack, and we just need to apply. And I think that has happened and still happened a lot of of, of places. Um, we uh, we are on a data diet, I would say, uh, also because there's been some some very good. Uh, restrictions, both technological, but also uh, law. There's been GDPR, e-privacy, and so on, where it's like, okay, but you didn't have control of all that data that the companies collected. And then it began to be third party, fourth party, fifth party, and all of a sudden your personal data was like, okay, it's in the basement in the Cayman Island used for, you know, you know, finding for some company X there. So I think there's been a lot of also good, uh, there has been a lot of good, um, medicine also in terms of going into this data diet and in in saying okay uh, easy <laughs> easy now let's yeah. let's go in and uh, and is this business critical to 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 uh, to your business um so i, I now i can't uh, draw <laughs> in in this but just form uh, like try to envision like three circles overlapping right where you have like technology what is possible you have uh, your business requirements and then you have like the ethics and law and so on and all these circles are like overlapping and i feel myself deep into like in the middle of these three circles right yeah um, I mean, sure. like if we if we start from defining what's crucial for the business then it's of course easier to find what's good for the business but what's Easy. important technology wise but also good for for, for the people right because this is like people on this on the other side of the screen we sometimes tend to forget that but uh, but i you know like we have it I, on right now, at least, like it's easier when we think of now we have to do some changes, right? But when we don't have that as a business drive somewhere on the managerial uh, level saying, let's find out what's important. Let's find out how we can use this to do something with ourselves, with our products, with our offerings, with our customers. Then for the engineers, for those scientists that, you know, that are thrown uh, with this like amount and find me a something golden, then it's just easier. Because then already doing it, they're delivering something of use. And I think this is where, you know, if, there's, if data is to have one feature, it's becoming of use in the organization. Yeah. And I think in a perfect world, you will have, a, you know, one circle that is, I'm sorry, I'm talking about circles all the time today. <laughs> one circle <laughs> about, you know, uh, you know, the data you collect and then uh, one circle with like the business requirement or business questions. In a perfect world, those circles will overlap 100 there's not such a thing because there's also new and new business requirements and, and especially fragmented business requirements. So talking about from a data collection point of view, there's a big difference if the product team are asking about some, some, some feature data or if the editorial team is asking about some uh, real-time article A-B testing or the commercial team is, 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 um, is asking about yeah, their, their CRM data and so on. Is super super fragmented and and something that you can't just have one boilerplate solution to uh, to to answer all these questions. So um, yeah, but but uh, in a perfect world, those two circles will overlap. Okay, great. So Wojciech, we'll come to you next. Your topic is we generate a lot of data, but often too little of this is of any real use. Can you delve into this a little further for us? Yeah, so I think we've touched a few aspects of that question already, right? Because this is just about the, like Robert says, the approach one. We have hell ton of different metrics coming from different systems. Where to start? This is one thing, but you know, how we are today, and I think it goes for most businesses that I've ever seen, it, they are there. So they are with a abundance of systems, of metrics, of data points that potentially can become something. But little of that is of any use. And there are, of course, different levels to it. Technological aspects, sure, right? So like, what do we actually get? What is it that we can connect to something? What is it that can work in other system and make our life a bit better? You know, that's one thing. But what we are also, all of us talking about here is also the maturity. And maturity in the business sometimes don't even have this sort of approach, how to get those questions out, you know? So ask a question about how to start to identify what are the top five steps on the user journey and how to start to do, dig or like, you know, to, to, to 
basically identify what's happening there, you know, and how can we then tap into each of those steps and do something with our customer. So here, I guess this is where we have a lot. And we have, you know, if you pull any report, there will be gigabytes of, of what you have available. But there are sometimes those, as we all already said, top five metrics that actually change your life. Top five metrics that you need to follow on a daily basis to see how your company is progressing, how the area of the business that you're responsible for is progress, progressing and so on. And this is where I'm thinking that we are generating so much. And, you know, in my previous role, we've had uh, Google Cloud. We've had AWS for other uses. We've had uh, Azure for other uses. And, you know, there were, of course, a million krona bills for each of those for, just for handling, right? But how much was coming back in actual, okay, this is how you can connect it and do something. We don't even know that, right? Because we weren't at the maturity step to start to outline case, the cases. We weren't at the maturity step that was from the technological technological side. After those uh, cases were outlined, how do you then go with implementation, with engineering, with making it available for some use that's on the other side of the case? And therefore, you end up with having, you know, tons and tons and tons of data, but very little you can really use. And this is just my observation, not only from my previous role, but also previous role as a consultant and now current role as a consultant too. So, you know, this is sort of like five years plus uh, have, have shown me something. So now I'll gladly hear what you guys think. Just a follow-up question, because one of the difficult things here is that you have different users. So you're also saying, okay, but we have four KPIs, let's start there. And I also said, okay, well, let's start with the business question. But we have a lot of different users at different levels. So maybe just your perspective on how do we cater towards those uh, also in this process? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, this is, of course, simplification, what I'm saying, top five metrics, because those will never be, I mean, top five for, for like, like CRM will be top, different than top five for HR and different than top five for whatever else, product management or something, right? So, so of course, I'm, I'm simplifying here. I'm just thinking uh, that each of those, if they come up with their top five, you know, then it's easier to start cooking because what we're going to find is how we can get all those into, you know, some sort of level of maturity, of literacy, of knowing what's going on. And then based on those compilations of five, make a, you know, you know, MVP5 for, for whoever needs to have a full picture. So I'm just thinking, of course, I'm, I'm simplifying a lot right now. And it's easy to talk to you guys because you, uh, you know, follow my drift in a, in, like, in a way. But there are people on the other side who will listen to us and they say, like, should we simplify so much? And I'm saying, no, but start from simple questions, yes. Because you have all, like, possibly you have all those systems. You have, if your business has customers, if your business has products, you have enough data to connect those two, right? Uh, so the thing is, ask yourself a question very simple, not how to become, you know, next Amazon or next, and memory deco we have here, they have good, they, they have a good setup. But, but you know what I mean? Uh, come up with what is important to you and how do we get there? What do we have in system A? What do we have in system B? And what only matters to answer this little simple question? And then answer to that will often lead to next questions further and how, you know, that the thing is going to progress and increase maturity, increase literacy. So this is how I, how I see it at least. But don't you think that needs to start from the very top so that someone at an executive level defines what do we want to focus on? What do we want to measure? Because otherwise, in every department, we're running off in different directions, making sense of the data that yes. we think is interesting. Yeah. Um, yes, I think it depends, right? Because if the uh, there is a role in the executive level that can that has this vision, at least, right? This is, I think, all, all that's needed. If, if that happens or that that is the reality then that should be sort of one of the programs of what's going to happen and then the ownership not even like deep understanding of the systems and all that need to be on that level but at least like this is our vision this is our goal this is how we're going to get there and i from the c-level executive level even though i don't know what's really in there i will take the ownership to start to you know uh, 
make make that make that thing happen because I've seen that <laughs> last three years it was um, go in the right direction because there was somebody on the board of directors who said not even knowing a lot about it but at least knew that this is important and not only for the political statement important because that's also how it goes sometimes but you know to go down to the engine room and start to ask those questions outline a project make somebody let's say second in line to be responsible for that project but you know with constant evaluation how can we be better how can we be smarter how can we use our data more and how then can we solve some of the problems that will be solving using this data do you sometimes and this is just an open question like want to like stop the dashboard you know unplug the connection and see if anybody really consumes it I, you know, <laughs> I have that, you know, naughty thought sometimes it's like, that's, that's a good way of, of seeing if, uh, <laughs> if the data consumer is, is actually, yeah, using our, our I've our done data. that a few times. I've yeah. stopped uh, sending reports or analyses just to see if anybody yeah. would, um, would ask for it. And a couple of times, no one has really been missing it. So then, <laughs> you know, there's then, some time I get back. Yeah, exactly. And probably they will uh, ask for, you know, still data, but for some other questions, right? So I think that's mm -hmm. that could be sometimes the, the complete data diet, just, you know, stop everything. And then I'm thinking like we are now still focusing on the um, on the reporting aspect, but there's also the other that's not really reported, which is the activation. So like, what, how are we activating the data? And here, mm -hmm. I would also say like a lot, a lot of organizations that I've seen have a lot of sort of like the portfolio data, right? So what's in those systems, but very little of that becomes of the use in activation aspect. So I think it's still, you know, coming going both ways. How much do we know is there? How much can we say is there? And, you know, somebody following, following that journey, but also how much can we do? Because then the interaction on the other end is on the other side of the screen. That's the user, that's the reader, that's the, that's the consumer. Yeah, okay. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? I think maybe a reflection also on the question is that, is it of any real use? I think often it's also that the business is not a static thing. Mm. So uh, because there's some lag time also, okay, if they have one business question, then we need to collect the data, transform the data, get the data ready. And then suddenly there's a big lag period. And then uh, three months went past <laughs> and then they are onto something new, right? So it's also a bit about the speed that we can get the data and the questions answered, which makes us relevant. Uh, so I think that's just an important aspect. At least I have reflected a bit on then, okay, but the business question changes over time. So how do we also be, keep being agile in that way in answering yeah, those business questions? I think that's a yeah. tough one. And there's a maturity uh, maturity aspect of it also because, I mean, simple data, I don't know, like an example, I don't know, visitors to the website can be, just as important as, and I can't, you know, do you have any like complex data, you know, um, that can be as, as, as important if you are, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you understand my drift, like on a lower digital maturity, right? In terms of like, you know, answering usage and answering uh, scalability and so on. So there's also like every um, step on a on a digital maturity journey has to, it has its own context and needs its 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 own data. You, you wouldn't probably get a good response if you had a, a really complex data set and saying, oh yeah, look at this uh, very complex metric here. So yeah, I, I agree. Okay, so last but not least, we'll come to you. Emily. Uh, so with the topic of measuring employee engagement and making sense of the data, can you elaborate for us a little bit? Yes, I sure can. And actually, I think this is a good transition into some of the things we've already touched upon, um, because one of the main KPIs for many HR teams at the moment is employee engagement. Um, and I think, so essentially it refers to how happy, motivated and satisfied our employees are at work, which is a little bit complex. And um, typically what I've seen happen is that we collect so much different data 
and then we're back into like analysis paralysis where we 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 afterwards the survey closes we need to make sense of it we need to analyze how we're doing and it's almost like death by data so then you're sitting with let's say 14 different drivers of engagement with sub drivers and then say i'm responsible for providing back to the business some insight how are we doing in terms of engagement but that very much depends like what do we want to look at what's important and I think in the past, we have not been good enough at um, setting a strategy from the beginning as to like, these are the top three things we want to look at. So then we end up with just like an enormous amount of data points, both qualitative and quantitative. Um, and then it becomes quite difficult to actually make sense of it and come back to the business with something meaningful. And if we fail to do that, basically, it's like a big missed opportunity to um, to improve in the business, but also if we don't have like a clear action plan, employees are not going to want to participate in these engagement surveys in the past. And then it's all kind of lost um, in translation. And for some reason, I haven't really cracked that code because there's so many different things that we want to measure and we want to know how employees are doing in different parameters, like how's leadership doing? How are we doing on in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion? What about the workplace? Like what about mental wellness and learning and development? And there's so many different things that we lose sight a little bit of what's important. And that's, uh, that could maybe come from also the, the, you know, I of course don't know the details here, right? But that could also come from, Still coming back to the simple questions, right? Because, like, I mean, you, you, the con when conducting service, and also I think important mention here is um, mixing quantitative with qualitative. And here is sometimes we don't know the context, we don't know the whole situation, we don't know the mood, or like you know if the, if they, when they answered they had a bad day and something like that, right? So that could also really influence what you see, and then. The paralysis on the other side is like not all, not only like the amount because that's one thing and you 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 you've, you've talked about this right but it's also how do we start to analyze it to have an answer you know because we don't we still even though we have it we still miss a lot and that can really happen uh, on on that side and where I think sometimes like you know we are all uh, coming from okay there are there are data systems there are metrics there are, there are dimensions and we start to understand how they work but sometimes the, the the personal touch the you know how you're doing kind of thing uh, this is really missing because then it tells us why this metric is so low you know why or like why 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 it is so high on the other end you know yeah i agree i think that combination is is, is quite important because you want to of course you want to get the qualitative input to complement uh, the big quantity, but still, if you have, let's say, 60 different topics and like a couple thousand employees that are giving feedback and you want to make sure you action on it because otherwise they lose trust and they lose faith in, yeah. in the fact that there's an action plan, it just becomes a little bit overwhelming, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. And, you know, I mean, we've had um, from the employee side right now, we've had two systems running in parallel. One was more like a weekly survey asking simple questions, you know, how are you on feedback, relationship with your peers and stuff like that. And this could be followed weekly. This could be followed sort of like, you know, how are we doing? And is there any area that's really outstanding right now? But then there was then another independent survey coming once a quarter, and this was showing up absolutely different results and then you could see like why are those so different i mean we are looking at like the, the same things on a weekly basis and we don't see the problem and the answer somewhere where you know at least like on a maybe smaller group of trying to identify why was it was often in they really wanted to sort of like show a message in the bigger serving. So they were on purpose lowering their answers because then they were lowering the overall score. And then their issue that might have been there was highlighted to, to more uh, or to the higher level, or it was just, you know, it, it was just received in a different way. But then when you think of, you know, from, from the managerial perspective, I'm following my team uh, week to week and I don't see issues with that. You know, everything is in a normal flow. And sometimes I would proactively ask about it. I hear nothing. But then, the you know, the big one comes and everybody's on purpose putting that lower to lower the average to have like, you know, uh, uh, the alert light uh, lit somewhere else. 
I really hope that that never happens in my organization because <laughs> then it'll be really difficult to address. Did you did you ever experience like the the measurement began to like not to like be biased or to like skew in terms of what it measured? <laughs> You know that, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I have not actually experienced that before. I think, of course, there is an annual cycle where you want to be mindful if you ask about rewards and if you've had meaningful conversations with your leader about pay, and you only have an annual salary review. Then, of course, there's something to be mindful of. People are probably not going to be quite positive towards that question if they haven't had a, a pay conversation in ten months. Um, so, of course, there's a couple of things just to be mindful of, but I haven't, I haven't seen i haven't experienced to my knowledge employees deliberately um answering in a negative or skewed way or biased way just to achieve an outcome but i mean it could be yeah yeah but i'm just not aware no or, or like the other measurement begins to like not measure <laughs> you know the humans mm-hmm. it, it itself i think the, the human aspect it's it sometimes and i'm i'm happy said qualitative right um because i i think sometimes we'll we'll like uh, siphon you know human experience or human uh, abilities or something into data sets and begin to like lost track about that it is like a human yeah, yeah. In, in the end yeah no i always try to make sure that we complement our analyses with both quantitative and qualitative data same goes for attrition so we make sure to to look at exit surveys and exit interviews to, to yeah. really get that um impactful yeah. and truthful insights. Yeah. And that's that's something I, I also see this like survivor bias, right? With the analogy here with the planes coming back from from World War Two and that was analyzed and then they got a lot of, you know, they got fixed up where they had bullet holes and stuff, but you found out that, you know, the planes that didn't come back, that was where they had to be protected. You know, so so I think also sometimes we 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 get so much data, but sometimes we we forget kind of like what is actually the the stuff that we we need the the pain points uh, that we are going around the the hot uh, meal uh, around um, yeah I, I think that's the going back to the data FOMO or the analysis paralysis because sometimes we we don't have the completely correct question or we don't have. Uh, you know the answer to where it really hurts and then we begin to yeah collect and generate yeah it definitely sounds like although we come from different sort of backgrounds um that we're all facing the same or similar challenges in this yeah. regard and i think this is where we are as as you know as as all like humanity when we maybe would be too sort of <laughs> too deep but as 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 businesses like as people the access to technology and you know how it has developed has been developed i think in similar tempo all across so whatever purpose it's serving it's serving it in a like let's say similar um on the similar level of complexity, but also our maturity as the users has been developing in, in again, similar tempo here. So I think this is where we are and the problems that we are can be, you know, when we talk about uh, today, we come more from like media, business, uh, um, consultancy, HR, but if we ask shipping, if we ask construction, if we ask any other thing that's outside of our bubble here today, we'd probably get, you know, similar inputs just uh, on their playground, right? So I think this is just, just how it is. And it's still better than it was. So we also have to be happy in a way. But now we also, you know, we are, our talk here and, and the people on the other side of the speaker uh, at some point, they will have, um, it will reflect on them, right? And they also will start to think about their lives. And then they will think like, you know, in, as a collective, we'll start to just move on and be more relevant. And I think this is sort of like the purpose and the end that I would like to, um, and is, you know, I, I would like to be an outcome of this, that there's some reflection about how to simplify but increase relevancy at the same time. And I think then at each area, it will have its own version, you know, and and this version then will lead us to another thing. And if we meet in 10 years in the same group, we're probably going to have a lot of learnings of how how this has gone, gone down. 
Great. So that's it for today's topic. I just want to thank you all so much, Robert, Amelie, Wojciech and Anne for providing some really interesting insights today. I hope you and our listeners have enjoyed today's discussion and are able to take something away from it. If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at shan.vance at evolution-nordics.com. I hope you've enjoyed listening. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. See you next time.